Welcome to the Whole Assistant Podcast. I'm your host, Annie Croner. I'm a former assistant who's passionate about our profession, and I'm also a certified coach who's invested in your success. You've come to the right place if you want to know what it looks like to stand in your power and achieve success as an assistant free from overwhelm and burnout. Now, on to today's episode. Welcome to the last episode of the first month of 2024. So this month on the podcast, we've dealt with a lot of things that from my point of view are foundational to your success as an assistant. We've talked about multi-tracking versus multitasking. We've talked about optimizing your productivity. We've talked about Parkinson's law and time constraint. And while these boots on the ground strategies will revolutionize how you work, if you actually implement them, when it comes to how you're showing up for life and for work, none of these strategies hold a flame to intentionally deciding on how you want to see yourself. Now, I realize this may sound woo to a lot of you, but the sentences we have in our heads are just that. They are just sentences. So we can choose to either view ourselves from an empowering place, or we can choose to talk down to ourselves and to degrade ourselves. And I'm going to share kind of three common pitfalls that I see as a coach, especially when it comes to how you see yourself. And the first pitfall is onboarding others' opinions of you as truth. So instead of looking at the data points and what you can pull out of those data points and if there's any shred of truth into another's opinion of you and actually parsing out that from your emotion around it and all of those sort of things we tend to take what others think of us as truth. And then that truth becomes a part of our identity. So I know this really, really intimately. Um, so for those of you who have been following me for any amount of time, you kind of know my my history and my story of burnout and the fact that I had a stroke at 28 years old. And when I had my stroke, I was not in a good place. I spent so much time and energy trying to make everyone else around me happy that when my executive told me that I was no longer worth what the company was paying me, I believed her. (laughs) I believed her to a certain extent anyway, even though my friends and family were like, Annie, come on now. (laughs) No. Um, But I onboarded that as my truth. And I thought maybe I lost my mojo for forever. And so I know this really, really intimately. And I know what it feels like to have other people tell you who you are and for you to just take that and onboard that as truth for yourself. But here's the reality. That sentence that they gave you is just a sentence and it's one person's opinion and you get to decide what you make that opinion mean. So I just decided at a certain point that I was gonna, wasn't going to make this person's opinion mean anything about me anymore. And years later, my mom actually ran into her in the grocery store, my executive, my former executive in the grocery store. And my executive was like, um, so Annie's just different now, isn't she? She's just a different person. And my mom's like, no, she's doing great. She's really doing well. And I think at this point, I may even have started whole assistant at that point. <laughs> and here I am speaking to our larger community about what we do as assistants. And my boss is, my former boss is still over here having her opinions about me. And here's the reality. I had to let her be wrong about me. So I just want to challenge you. Are you onboarding others' opinions of you as truth? Did you make a mistake at a certain point and were judgments made about you? And now in your brain, that's just the way it is. Or 
Are you choosing intentionally what you take in and what you onboard as truth for yourself? And are you letting others be wrong about you in the process? Now, since then, I have made numerous mistakes and I do have some regrets. I made some kind of terrible judgment calls in my life, but I can either make that mean that I made a bad judgment call or I can make that mean something about me as a human, right? And so I just want to challenge you in this area. And I really want you to get clear on what you're choosing to believe about yourself because it is a choice. It's all optional. You get to decide what you make others' opinions about you mean, and you get to decide what you want to believe about yourself. So I've just had to let other people be wrong about me. When I make mistakes, I've had to let other people be wrong about me and write about me in that moment. Like, yes, I made this awful mistake and I am so sorry and I radically own it. And I am 100% accountable for my actions and what I did in the situation, but this situation does not define me. And we take the lessons and we move forward, right? Instead of holding ourselves in shame, instead of holding ourselves back because of some onboarded, unchecked belief about ourselves that we may not even realize that we have like onboarded as a truth about ourselves. So that is the first pitfall when it comes to how you see yourself is onboarding other people's opinions as truth. Another kind of pitfall that I see a lot as a coach is thinking that you have to fit into some sort of mold. So I see this a lot when it comes to, especially with one-on-one clients, when I'm coaching my clients, they'll be like, Annie, I really don't want to be a strategic business partner. I want to do my job and I want to go home at the end of the day and I want to live a well-balanced life and I want to have a relationship with my kids and my family. And I also want to do good work when I'm at work. But like this whole idea of like strategic partnering, it's just not for me. And look, that is okay. I also see this a lot. I actually, it's so funny. I put out a questionnaire back in December asking people what they wanted my free training to be on this last month. And one of the gals commented, this wasn't one of the options. One of the options was creating your career path or driving your career path. One lady commented on my post and she said, what about how to find your passion how to get out of the EA role and find your passion outside of the EA role, especially if you don't want to be an assistant. And I literally replied to that comment. I'm like, this falls under defining your career path. And often we we put ourselves into a box and we think that we can't ever get out of the EA role if that's your desire. And look, I have actually coached creatives towards their art before. I've actually coached probably about 25% of the people I coach I've coached out of their executive assistant roles, right? So I don't think that your life has to look any one way. And I don't think that you have to fit into some sort of mold, whether it's an EA mold or whether it's like another mold. I think that really defining for yourself what you want your career path to look like and what you want your life to look like is perfectly acceptable. And yet we tend to put ourselves in a box without even realizing that we're doing it. And this often stems from should thinking, like, well, I should be doing this, or I should be doing that, or this is the responsible thing to do. And it can also stem from fear of missing out. Like, well, but these other people have this really amazing career as an executive assistant, but I don't want that, but I feel like I should want that. And I don't want to miss out on this great opportunity to like, you know, be an amazing strategic business partner, but at the same time, it's not my passion and I'd much rather go off and be an artist. (laughs) You get to decide how you see yourself. You can see yourself as the most amazing artist in the world who pays the bills by being the most amazing executive assistant when she's working. 
Like that is an option for you. It doesn't have to be black and white. It doesn't have to be one or the other. And so the result from thinking that you should fit into some sort of mold is that you tend to downplay your strengths or what you're doing right. And so how we move past this is we figure out a way to articulate our strengths and we figure out a way to articulate what we actually want in life. I think a lot of us don't actually give ourselves permission to consider what it is we actually want in our lives. And this is why I love to work both in my group program and then with one-on-one clients is that I work with my clients a lot on actually articulating what it is that they want and actually getting to the root of what they want and actually coach them to help them stop shooting all over themselves and actually admit to themselves what they want first because it's going to be really hard to take a step in the direction you actually want to go if you're unwilling to admit the direction that you actually want to go. (laughs) So that is another kind of pitfall that I see when it comes to how you see yourself thinking that you should fit into some sort of mold. And last but not least, thinking that you're a terrible assistant is another pitfall that I often see. And this stems from thinking that you should never make a mistake. So it's okay for your executives to make mistakes. It's okay for your colleagues and coworkers to make a mistake, but no, it can't be okay for you to make a mistake. Like we can't be human. We must be superhuman and never ever make a mistake. And look, you guys, this is seriously how we learn. We learn by missing the mark sometimes, and that's okay. There again, we don't have to onboard other people's opinion of us as truth, nor do we have to like onboard a mistake as like a judgment on ourselves. And so thinking you're a terrible assistant can stem from several different things. It can stem from thinking you should never make a mistake. It can stem from onboarding others' opinions about you. And let me tell you, if I'd onboarded if I still had the opinion that my former executive had, I'd be the worst assistant ever. But that's not true. She's wrong about me. <laughs> so it's it's kind of funny. Another thing that this can stem from is just a bad personality fit. So either a bad personality fit with your executive or the company culture. I've been in roles before where my predecessor was a bad fit with the executive, But I understood that my executive was a direct communicator and my predecessor didn't. I also had worked in Boston, which is where my executive was from, and my predecessor hadn't. So I knew the East Coast style. I knew to be direct and polite and to push back when I needed to. My predecessor didn't have that background I had, so she didn't know. And her personality was a lot more mild-mannered than mine was. (laughs) And also... So bad personality fit in terms of like work with your boss and then bad personality fit in terms of terms of company culture. Some people can work in highly productive, high output environments like startup environments or nonprofit environments where they're juggling multiple things. Other people cannot. And that's not a judgment call on you. It doesn't make you a terrible assistant. It just means that you're not the best fit for that position or that company. And so often this one, especially with the terrible assistant or the terrible employee bit, this results in beating yourself up and thinking that you should be different than what you are as though that's going to protect you from others beating you up. And here's the deal. It never works because others get to think what they want about you anyway. (laughs) It also results in taking action from graspy places and from graspy energy. Instead of looking at the data 
and assessing the data and processing through all the emotion that you're feeling and then just looking at the data points and asking yourself where you want to go from here. Uh, Do you want to move on from your role? Do you want to work with another executive? Do you think this role is the best fit? Do you want to stay in your role so that you can grow and become a better assistant, but not from a graspy place, but from an abundant, joyful, fun place? Or are you taking action from like this graspy place of trying to get people's approval and trying to get your executive to acknowledge you and trying to get yourself maybe seen or noticed, right? So how do we move past this terrible assistant thing and this like seeing yourself as a terrible assistant or seeing yourself as a terrible employee? There again, we have to separate our emotion from the data points. Just look at the pure data, process through the emotion I walk my clients through processing emotion all the time. It's a skill that we are not taught in school. It's a skill that we are often not taught growing up. But once we process through the emotion, looking at the data points and then own what is yours to own and leave the rest. Like, did you make a mistake? Own it. 100% own it. And if the role is not a good fit, that's okay. You don't have to take that on to mean anything about you or anything negative about you. It's just not a good fit. So own what is yours to own and leave the rest. So whether it's onboarding other people's opinions as truth, thinking that you had to fit into some sort of mold, finding a reason to think that you're a terrible employee or a terrible assistant, how you see yourself matters. I really want you to pay attention with how you're showing up and how you see yourself. I've actually worked with executive assistants who were extremely badass, but they couldn't recognize it. And they honestly thought that they couldn't assist C-suite executives. And then they found themselves thrust into a situation where they were supporting a C-suite executive assistant, executive. I'm thinking of a specific client in particular. And her self-concept hadn't caught up to the fact that she was a C-suite assistant now. So we really worked on her stepping into the fullness of who she was as a human, stepping into the fullness of her badassery, not discounting or discrediting her strength, and really embracing the fullness of who she was and who she was bringing to her position. I want us all to do the same thing. We need to embrace the fullness of who we are. And we need to be aware of the thought processes that are holding us back And we need to be aware of the thought processes that are keeping you from seeing yourself as the badass assistant that you are and the badass human that you are. So that is my encouragement to you guys today. I got passionate there because I'm super passionate about really stepping into the fullness of joy and the fullness of who you are and not letting these thoughts hold you back. Okay, guys, that is what I have for you guys today. Be intentional. Be whole. That is all for now. I help assistants apply the concepts I share on this podcast. If you're ready to take your growth deeper and you're curious whether working with me in a coaching capacity is right for you, please email me at Annie, A-N-N-I-E at wholeassistant.com to schedule your complimentary discovery call.